Welcome to Seen and Heard in Edmonton, the podcast about bloggers and podcasters in the capital city of Alberta. I'm your host, Karen Unland, and joining me today are Jessica Corman and Katie Woodbine, the complete and total soccer fans behind Four Kicks, a podcast focused on the Canadian women's national team and the road to Rio. Welcome. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Uh, this episode of Seen and Heard in Edmonton is brought to you by Taproot Edmonton, a new member-supported home for local journalism created with the community and not just for it. And you'll hear more about that later in the show. So, Jessica and Katie, how do you describe For Kicks? For Kicks is a podcast for fans, by fans, completely dedicated to women's soccer in general, but the Canadian women's team specifically. Yeah. Our, we hope our podcast is, you know, an in-depth uh, look at the team, um, especially after their games, providing analysis and then um, providing uh, fans with uh, news and developments in the team. So, And us being goofballs. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> well, there, there's some goofballery, I would say, but it's also like a deep dive. Like, I love listening to you for the passion, but sometimes I can't understand what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I always hope that we kind of like strike a balance, but I know there's moments where, you know, if you're new to soccer, you might be like, I have no idea what they're talking about. Yeah, for sure. But I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing, right? Yeah. Because if I wanted to get into soccer enough to understand formations and strategy and whether she should play back or whatever you guys said, <laughs> uh, it would be a good way to learn, right? Because it's fun to listen to you get really excited about who Herdman should sub in or whatever. <laughs> but it's like, it's not, it, I, I don't want to say that it's exclusionary because it isn't, but it's, you are clearly students of the game. Yeah, I think, I, I mean, I think that just comes from us both being really big fans. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I th- I'm always cautious with, being too passionate because we're I'm always incredibly passionate like if you ever see me watch a game I if we score I basically scream for five minutes straight (laughs) I'm always cautious to not be that I guess passionate on the podcast though I do want to convey it so yeah and I would say the same um I I kind of try to strike a balance between just being gushy and talking about how much I love them and how much I love that they did this and that, um, but also providing actual coverage and opinions and analysis of and criticism and criticism exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So why did you start it? Uh, well, we started it uh, post Women's World Cup, and I think that was just there was so much hype around that World Cup with it being in Canada, and I think women's soccer has just a lot of focus on it right now and I think there's a lot of fans out there that are wanting more discussion about the Canadian women's national team and I think that discussion needs to happen because I think it's really interesting for it to happen now because our team is in a really interesting period of transition so yeah we just wanted to I don't want to say hop on the bandwagon because there's not a lot of discussion about this team especially in a podcast format. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that alone was part of the reason. There's just not a lot of conversation yeah. going on in mainstream media particularly, but even fringe media about women's sports at all. 
um, or women's soccer, which is obviously what we're most passionate about. Mm-hmm. And one of the common themes running through some of the earlier episodes of Four Kicks was just your frustration at finding the games on TV or on the internet. Is that getting any better? Um, Canada soccer does seem to be making an effort to provide a link when they're playing abroad. Um, yeah. <laughs> there, I think there's always going to be that frustration um, just because if you look at media coverage for women's sports in general, there's a recent study that came out that like in 2014, all women's sports um, combined only made up 4% of TV sports coverage. And then in print media, it went up to an astonishing 5%. And that's all women's soccer, or sorry, all women's sports, not just soccer. Yeah. But it's that's kind of egregious in North America as far as soccer goes when the women's teams in the U.S. and Canada are more successful on the pitch than the men's teams. Yeah, exactly. Significantly. Significantly. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I mean, Canada, the Canadian men's team is ranked somewhere in the 80s or the 90s, and then the men's U.S. team is something like in the 30s, and then the U.S. team is number one, and Canada is number 10. Yeah. So you have two top teams, and they, they should be everywhere, and they're just not. Well, basically, I, I think our Canadian women's soccer team, it's something to be really excited about, Yeah. and people just don't know that it's there, and that's a problem. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, that said, is there more, is Edmonton fertile ground for a podcast like yours, I guess, because it feels like that pivotal U18 or U16, U19, whatever it was. The, U19, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> um, a life-changing moment, maybe for you, but certainly a, uh, a sport-changing moment as far as awareness of women's soccer in Edmonton. Yeah, I was really fortunate that my parents bought my the entire family tickets to that um, event, and it was incredibly successful. Edmonton ha- has always been a really good supporter of women's soccer. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. You can look at the numbers for their most recent World Cup and then the numbers for that the U-20 World Cup in 2002, and those numbers are really incredible. You know, it's not like... John Herdman has his soccer camps here. Um, But I think there's a lot of people who are really passionate in this city about women's soccer. I agree. Um, Look at the World Cup last year. We sold out the opening matches. And we had received some criticism for getting the opening games and the opening ceremony Mm -hmm. um, because, oh, Edmonton... uh, you know, may not have the support there. Well, we had the support. We sold out. I'm noticing on your Tumblr that you've been taking questions and then answering them on the podcast. So there's there's that's a clear signal that people are looking to you for coverage. Mm-hmm. What what does that feel like to have people um, look to you for your expertise? It's surprising. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really surprising. But very flattering. Yeah, uh, the response we've been getting has been really, really positive. Um, I think people are just hungry. They're hungry for more coverage. Like even if you look at other podcasts that are out there, there's, you know, there's podcasts covering covering the U.S. women's national team or um, some of the NWSL teams also have podcasts, but the Canadians women's national team, they don't really have that many. They have 
there are some podcasts that talk about both the women's national team and the men's, but not specifically the women's. And yet, on Tumblr, there seems to be like a significant, I don't know, fandom where people are like (laughs) gifting the plays and commenting on the things and cheering and booing. Um, Describe what that community is like. I'm always like so shocked at how fast Tumblr users are at creating those gifts. I'm like, how did you do that? Yeah. Yeah, I I don't know how I can describe it. They're just, they're they're huge fans. They're just huge fans. Like they're, I think on Tumblr is the place where I have gotten the greatest, strongest sense of community. Yes. And I think that us being part of that community, having that interactive element where we are hearing from listeners and then we're responding to them, you know, it's helping us build into the community, but also having the support of that community. Yeah, it very much feels like a conversation uh, when you're on Tumblr. You know, people will comment on something and then it just it just keeps going. Yeah. And um, people are really open to having conversations. Yeah. So. And it's uh, also, I notice not just a conversation about sport, although there is a, a hardcore conversation about sport, but also around the politics of right. how women's soccer is treated. Um, all kinds of politics arise in, mm-hmm. in that conversation. It, it's really interesting to, to yeah. be on the outside of. It's interesting to be on the inside of, too, I guess. Yeah, I think that's kind of just the history of women's soccer. Is it we? I say we like I'm a soccer player, (laughs) but um, if you if you look back at the history of women's soccer, and that history has often been suppressed, it's a it's a there's a massive history. Like women have been playing soccer since like the 1800s. You wouldn't know that because you know um, for cultural reasons, societal reasons, you know, women have been told. You know, that's not something that you should do. Yeah, just federations not supporting um, women who want to play soccer. Well, there's this also this really unfortunate misconception that women's soccer is not as good for one reason or the other. And right. while we could probably say it's a little bit different, it's every bit as good, of course, as men's soccer. Um, in some ways, better when you're a woman looking to have, or a girl looking for role models, you know? When I first got into women's soccer, like I remember watching the 1999 U.S. uh, women win the World Cup, and I just was so uh, enthralled. And then uh, just seeing our, you know, our U19 team in 2002, and I was like, these women are amazing. This is so great. And then kind of like growing up uh, with them as role models, like these women aren't just fabulous athletes they're also incredible role models as well yeah what they give back to the soccer community and um helping and promote the game the women's game is yeah it's kind of staggering how much work they do Uh and there's more canadians who could pick out christine sinclair or (laughs) erin mcleod in a lineup than any men's player right I would hope so. I think so. I think so. So how much uh, crossover is there between fans of women's soccer and fans of men's soccer? I would say there's a decent crossover. Yeah, I think a fair amount. Yeah, I think I think kind of when you like soccer, you 
really appreciate the game. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not a massive men's soccer fan. Just there are reasons in which I'm not drawn to it, though I do appreciate the game. So, um, mm-hmm. especially at a kind of a um, not that obs- obscene level, like the obscene paychecks and like the things that are going on now with the, the tournaments abroad. So, yeah. You know, the hooliganism. Um, there's also some homophobia in um, in soccer. So that, that kind of drew me away from it. But like those are the things you don't get in women's soccer, mm-hmm. um, which is refreshing. Those are really good points. But also when you are, a, you follow the Canadian team at the international mm-hmm. level. And then when summer hits, you start following the NWSL. You don't have time for any more soccer. <laughs> I yeah. was going to ask it's, you about that. And in fact, yeah. it came up in your most recent episode when talking to um, Angela. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, one of our guests. Yeah. Had, yeah. And played she, for the U17. Yeah. yeah. And she was saying, like, it's kind of a full-time job. And I was thinking, yeah, and these, like, Jessica and Katie, holy cow. <laughs> <laughs> it, it actually is. I mean, there are some weekends when I will catch several games um and then there are some weeks where I don't catch any or maybe only one and so at at lunchtime during my day job I'm like watching highlights just so I'm on top of it so yeah even even if I really wanted to watch men's soccer I do not have time especially when uh like the National Women's Soccer League so those were all usually weekend games and then if women's soccer is kind of your thing there's Swedish leagues, there's German oh, leagues. Yeah. If you want, you can uh, try and find the Australian league or the Japanese league or the Korean league. Like, there's so many leagues in which you can follow that it's, yeah, it can become all-consuming. And we have Canadian <laughs> players playing for some of these leagues, so then yeah. we're extra motivated to sort of kind of keep our eye on them. Yeah. yeah, and that becomes interesting content on your podcast, too, to just say what's going on with them in their league mm-hmm. games. So how does that go over with the other people in your life if they are not in as into soccer as you are? <laughs> Which nobody's as into soccer. <laughs> Sometimes I feel bad for my wife. I'm like, I'm sorry. Um, I need to watch this game. <laughs> yeah. I haven't had a problem. Um, I think some people think it's sort of eccentric and quirky quality that I have. My partner is super supportive and thinks it's great that I have this thing that I like so much. He also really likes soccer. Yeah, and he also enjoys <laughs> soccer, so um, that helps. I always wish that, like, it didn't seem eccentric because, like, no one would find that weird in a guy. No. Like, it'd just be like, I, you know, I want to watch a, a game or two a week. It wouldn't seem weird. But I um, did ask the same question of Ryan Batty from Copper and Blue about oh, right, so- yeah. hockey. hockey. And I said, like, how do you deal with that? Like, how does your wife deal with that, right? Because <laughs> yeah. he, he was like, what? there's like 80, I don't know, 80 games, 82 games a season, and, and yeah. he's watching them twice. And that's like, <laughs> and it's the Oilers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, like, what's the conversation in your house? Like, um, how does usually, she deal with that? Usually I will try to watch two to three games on the weekend. Um, two of those games usually on a Sunday when you know we've done everything else for the weekend and we're like preparing dinner (laughs) so she's like yeah we'll cook and also watch soccer it's fine (laughs) so my house looks very similar yeah 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 Yeah, we just kind of like make time yeah and during the summer it's a lot easier there's a lot kind of less on 
the TV for like in my household. We love watching TV, so you know, having that time filled with soccer, it's not it's not a big deal. I'm actually liking watching soccer as much as I have been the last couple of years because I'm not watching as much TV now. Oh. Yeah. Hmm. So I feel it, like it's more productive. It's been <laughs> <laughs> Well, it certainly sounds like it's an intellectual exercise in that soccer, if you're going to, to me, if you're going to watch it, it's, you, you're going to have to get into the strategy of it because there's not a lot of scoring happening, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I can see where it would feel maybe more fulfilling than just straight up passive entertainment. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. I think so. I, I, can attend to get sucked into the Food Network and stuff like that. <laughs> so if I'm spending my time watching soccer, that's already an improvement. <laughs> so you have framed four kicks as kind of coverage um, on the road to Rio. So what happens with the podcast and its related properties after the Olympics? Um, well, that's that's something that we we talked about. You know, post Olympics, we're like. Oh, this might kind of be fun and we always kind of envisioned it as just yeah post-world cup pre-olympics and then it was pretty recently that we decided you know what we love doing this mm-hmm. so we really want to continue it and then you know we emailed each other like a 12-month outline so yeah. <laughs> um, so you're serious about keeping it going and and getting more things done with it yeah well when i when we had that discussion i also was looking ahead of like what's next and there's the u17 women's world cup canada's in that there's the u20 women's world cup canada's also in that those are that's our future yeah um for the canadian women's national team Uh so why wouldn't we talk about it yeah and then there's also the national women's soccer league which we both love and we feel doesn't have enough coverage or enough discussion around it um, and we want to bring attention to it, so why wouldn't we talk about that? And there's every year there's a draft, and this is a league that finally seems to be stable. You know, women's soccer in North America isn't always stable. Um, they've had two or three leagues fold prior to the National Women's Soccer League, and this is, you know, the fourth year of this league. That's the first time that's happened. Right. They just had an expansion team. Yeah, and they keep adding teams. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, hopefully women's soccer in North America is here to stay professionally. Yeah. yeah. And that's what everybody always predicted would happen when you have all these little girls starting soccer when they're four or five or whatever. But the pipeline kept stopping. And mm-hmm. now they yeah. can keep going. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Mm-hmm. If you could spin this into a day job, would you want to? Oh, gosh. Uh, I wouldn't not want to. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'd say no. No. It depends on the job. Yeah. <laughs> but I think we're pretty happy with what we're doing, so. Yeah. It, I mean, this is something that we love more than almost anything else. <laughs> and we have a lot of fun doing it. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's basically the dream, right? Yeah. yeah. When I when I look at like other people who cover women's soccer, they don't make any money. I don't expect to make any the money. Players barely the players make barely money. make money. So everyone who kind of does it, does it out of love for women's soccer. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to hear about the local blogs and podcasts that Jessica and Katie recommend. 
This episode of Seen and Heard in Edmonton is brought to you by Taproot Edmonton, a new venture that MacMail and I have started to cultivate local journalism with the community and not simply for it. Welcome. Hello. Where did the idea for Taproot come from? I think the idea came from you and I talking about local media and local journalism and what the future of that looks like for a long time, off and on, and reading about what other people are doing in other cities around the world, getting some inspiration from that, and doing a little bit of experimentation on our own. And I think eventually we got around to this idea that we could do something a bit more substantial and maybe a bit more organized. So what kind of journalism are we looking for at Tabard? So we want to do how and why journalism is what we're, we're calling it. So there's lots of great places where you can find out what happened today, who did it, where did it happen, all of those kinds of questions. And occasionally you can find some great stuff about why that matters or how it impacts us or our city. But we think there's room for more of that. And that's what we really want to focus on. So how's it going to work? Well, that kind of journalism doesn't lend itself very well to publishing super frequently. So we're not going to be posting something every day. And that means advertising is pretty difficult, I think. And so we really like the, the model of membership where people come and support the journalism and importantly participate from an earlier part in the process to produce that journalism. So not waiting until we've written a story to get their hands on it, but actually coming into what we call the story garden as a, as a paying member and pitching an idea or looking at the list of ideas and commenting on them, adding perspective maybe, upvoting the ones that they really want to see written. And we think that membership uh, participation model will give us journalism that better serves the community. How can people get involved? So you can go to taprootedmonton.ca and you can uh, join us. So we, we're doing two options. There's an annual membership for $100 or a month-to-month -month for $10. And if you're not quite ready, we'll convince you and we encourage you to sign up for our, our free newsletter for now. Visit taprootedmonton.ca to become a member. An annual membership is only $100 and there are other options available. And thanks, Matt. Thank you. Okay, we're back. So what local... Um, do you have your, your list split between local and non-local? I do. Okay, so let's start with local podcasts or blogs that you recommend. Um, so there's not much on the women's soccer front. There's just us. <laughs> <laughs> um, but if you're into local soccer, they're uh, the loyal company of the River Valley, which focuses on FC Edmonton, um, which is part of the NASL League. Um, they're a really good one. There's also the Young Gaffers out of Calgary. Um, they talk about football in Calgary, uh, which is usually part of the Premier Development League. So it's a U23. Uh, then they also talk about MLS, um, the Canadian national team. So occasionally they will, they may talk about the Canadian women's national team. Um, but then on the national landscape, um, also not that much. Um, mm -hmm. There is a recent podcast um, called the Canada Soccer Experiment. And they talk about the Canadian women's national team and the men's team. Um, that's actually one of the hosts is Claire Rustad, who used to play oh, nice. uh, for the Canadian women's national team. Um, and then the other host is pretty prominent person within, you know, the Canadian scene, so. Excellent. Yeah. Um, now, when you go like North American base, this is kind of where that's where you find women's soccer <laughs> because the U.S. women's national team is, you know, extremely inf influential. So um, the mixed zone, this is where I'm just going to talk about Jen Cooper because she <laughs> is amazing. Her podcasts are 
just incredible quality, like the guests that she gets, the conversations she has. Like she had a podcast, I think it came out today or yesterday, and they talked about the state of women's soccer in Latin America um, because uh, uh, this her guest, Josh Nadell, is writing a book on it, and it's like the first of its kind. Um, so yeah, the conversations that she has are, are fantastic. Then the Women's uh, World Football Show. So they cover women's soccer um, in North America. They also talk about European leagues. They have kind of correspondents that are throughout North America and Europe, I believe. So um, the interviews that they get, I'm always kind of astounded with who they talk to. I would also recommend Two Drunk Fans, which is, uh, they're kind of irreverent and they are just two fans who are focused on the end of yourself on the U.S. women's national team. They're a lot of fun to listen to. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's just like two fans who are just drinking and talking soccer. So, um, and then Off the Post is a YouTube channel that talks about uh, the NWSL. Every week they have a recap of the games. Um, so yeah, they're really good as well. And then if you're into the NWSL or looking to get into the NWSL, uh, luckily because this is like the first year that there's a fourth year of a, of a women's league, the soccer podcast landscape has suddenly blown up. So, um, you know, uh, the vast majority of teams now have a podcast, unofficially or officially. So um, if you're looking for Houston Dash news, uh, you want to go to keepernotes.com. Uh, they have multiple podcasts, um, so they're really great. The Washington Spirit have Follow Your Spirit. Uh, the o Orlando Pride have Queen's Cast. Uh, the Portland Thorns have Riveting. And the Chicago Red Stars have Fifth Star. Out of five of those podcasts I listed, four of them are brand new this wow. year. Wow. So. So almost need a podcast about soccer podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Blog-wise, Equalizer Soccer is excellent. Yeah, and then Keeper Notes. Keeper Notes Keeper is really notes great. Is so great. Is good. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I have two more questions for you around advice. So first of all, just around Tumblr, because I think people who aren't into Tumblr don't necessarily know how to <laughs> work Tumblr. Mm -hmm. So what advice would you have for using Tumblr to its full extent? You're a little bit better versed with Tumblr than I am, but I, I kind of look at Tumblr as like a, a little bit more of a flexible Twitter. Yeah. Because yes. it's microblogging, so it, it's not meant to be long form, but it gives you a little bit more flexibility than Twitter and that you can write a little bit more. And, of course, sharing um, images is especially uh, easier to do, I think, mm -hmm. and, and has more impact on Tumblr than on Twitter. Yeah, I think that's why I'm really drawn to Tumblr is I'm very much, I, I love the visual impact. Um, I, growing up, I was very much a visual learner. So having, you know, all these images kind of scroll yeah. past, I'm like, hey. Plus it's more fun. It's just, it's just it's a lot just of fun. Like, who, fun. who doesn't want to see, a, you know, a gif of Christine Sinclair, like, celebrating a goal? a little bit better than a photo yeah you know? yeah yeah exactly and and like I said it, it does kind of give you that little bit of extra flexibility to say that little bit more yeah. without saying too much yeah and then if someone wants to turn their passion into a podcast what advice do you have for them I don't know I, I think our approach I don't know if I would necessarily recommend it <laughs> but um just sit down and go for it 
I remember we uh, ran a test of us and afterwards we listened back and this is very, very goofy of us, but we were like, wow, that was so much better than we thought it was going to be. <laughs> um, yeah. And even when we recorded our very first Four Kicks podcast at the end, I, I don't know, something just kind of turned on in us that we were like, wow, we, we don't even need to edit that much of this. We actually sounded like we knew what we were talking about. I think it's like if it's something you're passionate about, you have it. You yeah. just kind of need to sit down and do it. Yeah, and if if you're scared, I would say do a little bit of prep. I mean, yeah, we, for sure. we always have an, kind of an outline for every podcast that yeah. we do just because it is a monthly podcast, so there's a lot to try and remember and, like, you know, we need to get this information in and you know two weeks ago I'm not going to remember who subbed in for who no um so yeah just just write it down a little bit it doesn't have to be a huge outline just something to help you along your way if you have a friend that helps it definitely helps yeah because <laughs> you're accountable to each other to be prepared and yeah do yeah. the thing yeah yeah and be sad about Aaron McLeod's Oh my god! Oh, no. I was like fearing for you guys. Like you were so upset. I was. I. This is the goalie for the like, women. I cried team. on my way home from work. I'm sure it was very upsetting. It was pretty devastating yeah. news. Yeah. yeah, and she's an Edmonton girl or Sherwood Park girl. She too. is. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it sounds like from you guys, all I know about soccer is from you. Um, <laughs> it sounds like they're they they've got some good goaltenders coming up or goalkeepers coming up. Yeah, I think what we have coming coming in is very promising. Yeah, we're we're feeling we're feeling hopeful and and confident I think going into the Olympics. Yeah. Definitely, overall, overall. definitely more hopeful than like two months ago <laughs> or a month ago when it happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Completely. All right, thank you so much for talking to me today. Subscribe to Four Kicks in iTunes, and you can find it on the web at fourkicks.com. And uh, you can find even more soccer fan service at fourkicks.tumblr.com. Right? Yes. Uh, Four Kicks podcast is on Twitter and Facebook. And then you can find Jessica herself on Twitter at Starkers in Yeg. And Katie is on Twitter at DunceCapSally. You probably won't remember all this, but that's okay because I'm going to put these links and all of their recommendations in the show notes at seenandheardyeg.com and subscribe to my newsletter at seenandheardyeg.com for complete coverage of Edmonton's blogs and podcasts. Thanks for listening.